When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today's podcast is brought to you by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of Rutgers Athletics. How we doing, Rutgers Nation? This is once again Brad Darahilo, the Sports Information Director for the Wrestling Program here at Rutgers University. Figured we'd switch things up a bit this week, and we're joined by our athletic trainer for the wrestling program, John Taggart, or affectionately known as Tags. Tags, how we doing, man? I'm good, man. Great, great. So uh, before we get into the nitty-gritty of things, uh, you know, obviously... Uh, for those of you who don't know, Tags got married this summer. How excited are you for that? Oh, it's awesome, man. I'm really pumped about it. I mean, Jess and I have been living together for a long time, so it's everything feels like it's pretty much the same. We just wear some rings now, but um, it's really cool. The, the day was great. Uh, you get to feel like a celebrity for a day. It's it's different, something you'll never get to feel again. So we were excited, but we're also glad it's over just because it's a lot of planning and all that crazy stuff. That's great. Really excited for you guys. Uh, Thanks, Brad. So Tags has been uh, – Tags, how many years have you been with the wrestling program here at Rutgers? Um, five years going into my sixth year. Yeah, so Tags has kind of been through, through it all um, with, with this team. Uh, Tags, before we get into your history with the program, why don't you walk us through kind of, you know, who you are and how you got into this profession? Yeah, so uh, I had no idea I would be doing this. Um, I'd only ever seen an athletic trainer one time when I actually wrestled in high school. Uh, I went and saw him one time and I really, you know, was never really injured, but just got ice and didn't really know who he was or what he did. So when I got to college, I had no idea it was even a profession, but um, I uh, 
went in undecided, business undecided, had no idea what I was doing, was going to try out the business world and um, went and saw an advisor and she just asked about my interests. And I said, sports, maybe medicine stuff. And she kind of pointed, uh, pointed me towards athletic training. And I met with the program director, Dr. Kaminsky, who ended up being a pretty uh, big uh, role model and mentor for me. Uh, and he had me go check out the athletic training room and shadow some people and kind of fell in love with it right away. I was like, it's definitely what I want to do. I get to be around high level athletics every day and get to treat these guys. And I just kind of fell into it really. But I know everyone has this kind of story. Like I got hurt in high school and I saw the athletic trainer and then that's kind of the typical one, but that's not me. I just kind of fell into it. And then, uh, yeah, just, so I went to university of Delaware, graduated from there. And then the story behind how I ended up with wrestling is, uh, kind of funny. So I've always been around wrestling my whole life. My dad was a coach. I wrestled uh, for a little bit and I'd been trying to get into football after I graduated from Delaware the whole time. So I started with working with Delaware football, um, ended up getting an NFL internship with the Falcons and was like, gung ho, I'm going football. I'm going to be a football athletic trainer the whole time. And then applied to grad school at Old Dominion, applied for the uh, football graduate assistantship and it would already been filled. So they offered me the wrestling one. And I was like, oh, I mean, I love wrestling. I'll, I'll give that a shot and try to work into some football. Uh, I ended up doing that for two years and then uh, worked football while I was there to kind of maintain that relationship and this, the experience still. And my first job I applied to was uh, Franklin Marshall College, and I applied for the football position. And then uh, it was already filled by the time I applied, and the wrestling job was open. So I was like, man, I, I think something in the universe is like pulling me towards wrestling because I just kept trying for football, and it just kept getting pushed back towards wrestling. So after that point, I was just like, all right, I'm a wrestling athletic trainer. And I, I just kind of went full in on that and then was there for a couple of years. And uh, the Rutgers wrestling job opened up and I was like, I got to got to experience the Big Ten. And then I've been here since and I love it. Definitely was the best decision I've ever made. Absolutely. And walk us through kind of a typical day for you uh, during the season uh, for, for a trainer with the wrestling program. All right. So uh, a typical day would just be our um, – guys practice in the morning or we lift and practice in the morning um two days a week normally during the season we'll lift at probably eight nine o'clock something we'll wrestle at 11 uh regular day we're just wrestling we'll wrestle at 10 uh lift day i'm in about 30 minutes before maybe get some tape on some guys there's not really too much prep to do before a lift but uh the practice right before the practice usually at least an hour before because there'll be some guys that'll come in that need either um some something warmed up um there are certain therapies or rehabs that I think are more advantageous when they're done right before somebody works out. So whether that's, you know, warming up somebody's shoulder appropriately with some stretches and some neuromuscular stuff that I think is going to help them out throughout the practice so that they have less pain after. Uh, so there's a lot of little things like that, that, that I'll, I'll do with the guys before. And then, um, we practice, uh, if fortunately nothing happens, which I would say, you know, about 20% of the time, something something big happens. We have to deal with the practice. Wrestling is brutal and injuries occur. It's just kind of part of it. So uh, fortunate day. We don't have any of that. We finish up after about an hour and a half. And then I'm in for a couple hours after that doing either either dealing with something that happened at the practice or just the typical rehab stuff with the guys that come in, you know, whether it's a long-term injury or just something that we're dealing with on a daily basis. Yeah. 
So obviously every sport here at Rutgers and um, throughout the country, you know, the, the injury is a part of it. It just seems like wrestling, it's it's more of a constant. So how, how do you prepare yourself for that, knowing that, you know, these guys are going hard uh, each each practice and, and there's bound to be some type of injury occurring? Like you said, I mean, it's going to happen. It's wrestling. It's there's even in lower key sports. I mean, if you play badminton, like someone's going to roll an ankle at some point, like injuries happen. But in wrestling, the prevalence is just a little bit higher. And it's tough because in other sports, you can try to prevent them a little bit more through either it's, you know, a jumping program to try to prevent ACL uh, issues or because you see a lot of non-contact injuries. So let's say in football, you'll see that guy that runs cuts and blows out his ACL and no one touched him. And you're like, what happened? But in wrestling, we don't really have that because they're just constantly touching. So the knee and shoulder stuff that we get, it's really hard to prevent because it's just not, it's, it's so mechanical. Someone grabs your foot and twists your foot. Like there's not really preventing that guy from doing that. And outside of, you know, like sometimes Scott will say or Donnie will say, it's like, if you got hurt, it's because, you, you know, you were probably had bad technique or something, which is honestly people think is maybe rude, but they're kind of spot on. If someone's in on your leg in a single, you're more likely to hurt that leg. So preventing right. that stuff's tough, but just on a daily basis, like you asked about trying to get prepared for that. I mean, the way we practice, it's, you know, there's a warm up situation and then uh, there's probably like 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes of technique where not a lot's going to happen from an injury standpoint. And then there's really that like 20 minutes at the end of practice where we're either going live or there's a hard cardio session where stuff might happen. And I think it's just being aware and just being, you know, having your emergency action plan in place in case something crazy does happen, someone lands on their neck or, God forbid someone does just drop for, for no reason. That stuff's super rare, but always just being prepared for that with the equipment that you need for that. And then uh, when someone starts screaming, you just start running. <laughs> that's, that's really, uh, that's really <laughs> all you can do. But yeah, just keeping your eyes wide and just keeping a good uh, scope on the room. That's that's a good strategy there. Yeah. This sport, um, just the, the way that, that you're involved in it, uh, you're involved in some big moments. Is there any moments that kind of stick out to you from being that person that's in that corner uh, throughout in all the duels at Big Tens, NCAAs? Is there a moment that stands out to you? Yeah, I would say there's two. So there's one from that's more from an athletic training standpoint and then just more of a, you know, overall wrestling success standpoint. But I think the first one that uh, you remember when Gravina in, against Maryland with his shoulder came out, that was my introduction to uh, pretty much wrestling here at Rutgers. I, we were talking about that with Anthony a few weeks ago, and uh, I was—I uh, believe that was my first year as a wrestling SID, and we were outside. And um, yeah, that wasn't a pretty sight. But yes, please go on. Yeah, what a, that was a crazy environment. So yeah, we're in we're in the um, what what is now SHI Stadium. Uh, we're wrestling in that. There's I think sixteen thousand people there. We're kind of in like that back bowl or that back U area. Uh, we have that whole thing full and Gravina's wrestling. He's down 2-0. I can't remember what period it is, but he's down like 2-0. And his shoulder dislocates, which was pretty typical for him. It's happened a lot. It was just an issue he occurred over a couple of years. Um, and then I go out to see him, you know, get the shoulder back in with a little bit of help from him. He was so good at it at that point. He's kind of pointing me what direction to pull and yank. And we get his shoulder back in and he goes out there and ends up just throttling the kid 10 to two. Like, I don't think the kid scored again. And it was just, that was kind of one of the coolest moments from an athletic training standpoint, just see the grit in the kid like that. It was like his arms dislocated, 
he's like, get it back in and gets back out there and then just does better than before his arm came out and just smokes the kid. It was, that was a really cool moment for me. Um, and then just being in front of that many people too, that was the first time I had ever been in front of that many people. Um, it was just a wild moment. I know we had, we had it, uh, we had it in the stadium. I think it was the year before or there was one other one in the year before we had it. So we had that, that moment, but there was no injury. So it was kind of, that was one of the bigger moments where I was highlighted in front of that many people. It was a little scary, but looking back on it, it was, it was really cool. And then obviously the national championships, right? I mean, I've been, I've been watching the NCAA wrestling championship since I was eight years old, like every year religiously. And I just never thought in a million years I would get to be on that stage because I knew from a athletic standpoint i'd never be there just because i'd wrestled i wasn't nearly the caliber any of these guys are even when they were in high school so i was not really a goal of mine to ever get there athletically but just being able to be on that that stage at the ncaa tournament on espn at you know seven o'clock at night on saturday was that was such a cool moment getting to see nick win and then anthony win right right after him it was that's i mean that's top five moments in my life in general and then definitely my best moment in, in my career so far just seeing all that elation and getting to see uh, Scott jump into Leo's arms and Anthony come over and grab everybody and hug everybody. And Nick put his arms up and that was such a cool moment. Yeah. For those who are not familiar, who, who, who may not follow wrestling intensely uh, for NCAAs, it's uh, the wrestler for, for the championship. It's the wrestler, two coaches and, and the trainer tags. And, and that's it on that stage representing Rutgers. So all eyes are on that corner. Uh, so that's an intense moment for sure. Obviously with, with all the successes uh, that you alluded to, you know, there, there also, there also are some sacrifices that you have to make, you know, you're pretty much locked down from October until, till March weekends, holidays, doesn't matter. You're traveling. How, how do you navigate through that? It can be tough uh, at times. It's probably more tough on my wife than on myself because I, I signed up for that, right? Like I, I knew what was gonna, what was going to be uh, how college athletics and being an athletic trainer in college athletics works. I knew it was going to be a huge time commitment, and there was going to be a six months, six month, you know, part of the year where you're pretty much you can't go anywhere. Uh, and I'm able to do some things. It just weekends get limited because we're always wrestling. But that's what I signed up for. It doesn't really bother me that much. I love it because it's six months on really hard. And then it's, I get six months where it's a little easier. We're always wrestling, but the weekends get a lot easier during those other six months. So I know Jess, she's, she's had some little bit of struggles being alone on the weekends, but she's gotten used to it too. And, and she looks forward to those six months of lighter time that I've got too. So we've kind of reconciled that. And, and Scott does a great job of over the holidays. We're never we don't wrestle on Thanksgiving. We don't wrestle on Christmas. He gives a good, a good chunk of time off during those times where we can get out and see our family. So, you know, for them, for themselves, for the guys, and it works out great for me too. You mentioned that this is something you signed up for. One thing that I'm confident you didn't sign up for is being an athletic trainer during a, a pandemic, a worldwide yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Um, and you and the rest of the the training staff here at Rutgers did a, a fantastic job of not only working with the student athletes, but the whole athletic department constantly testing so that we can have a season and, and continue on. You want to just hit on some of some of those challenges uh, and how you handled that kind of pretty much having somebody come up to you and say, hey, unprecedented time. We need you to step up in a big way here. I mean, so maybe we didn't necessarily sign up to work a pandemic, you know, to be so boots on the ground in a pandemic. But 
at the same time, it, it is kind of what we signed up for because we signed up to be the healthcare advocate for these teams. And this is, there was a healthcare issue. So it was a, it was a lot more to do each day. There was just more tasks to do with either tracking someone who had gotten COVID or just tracking everybody's testing and doing that stuff. But like I was saying, I mean, that is sort of what we signed up for. And, and it was annoying while we were doing it, but we were off for six months. I mean, no one was around for so long, just at home by ourselves. I was so happy to be back into work, watching wrestling, being around the guys, being socialized again, because you had just not seen anybody for so long that by the time we got back, I was so happy to be in the wrestling room and get talk to Scott and the guys and Donnie and, and being able to interact with everybody was amazing. So I kind of looked at it as more of a positive thing because a lot of people were at home struggling and we, we were able to come to work every day and be able to still do stuff. And like you had mentioned, that, the athletic department helped huge. Everybody everybody pitched in. I mean, we had a specific role during this pandemic to fulfill, but everybody had a specific role and everybody did a great job. I mean, uh, Dave, my boss, Dave Borchardt, was, oversaw everything. He did a great job helping us all out, coordinating everything. And uh, Dr. Bashad, our chief medical officer, was awesome during that time getting, you know, coordinating stuff with the hospital and making sure that our guys that had to get cardiac testing, which I'll get into a little bit after this point, um, make sure all that got coordinated quickly. And Dr. Womack and Dr. Kristofiak, those guys are incredible with contact tracing and making sure that everybody was just taken care of during that time, especially when they got COVID because we were all back participating while kind of the rest of the world was still isolated and bubbled. So I think that yeah, our medical team did a great job. All those people I mentioned, I think our whole athletic department did an incredible job. They they supported us throughout the whole time. I never had to feel like I didn't have support from the athletic department. If I needed anything, it was they were always there to help. So it was it wasn't as hard as it may have seemed on the outside or on the inside. It was more to do, but we got through it. We had three All Americans at the end of the year, so it, it, I think it all worked out in the end. And some people got COVID, but no one really had any lasting issues or any serious complications from it outside of fortunately just more of the flu-like symptom stuff so i think we got lucky on that end but i think it's also the population we work with i mean it was extremely healthy athletic people so the data kind of showed that it wasn't you know people like that weren't going to get affected as much and i think that's kind of what we saw and then um just one of the bigger struggles was the cardiovascular testing so early on in the pandemic we learned that COVID could have some issues with myocarditis, which is just inflammation of the heart muscle structure. And that became a huge concern for us because if someone got COVID and then they had, you know, inflammation of their heart and then they were to do extreme cardiovascular exercise, tax their heart. Now, obviously, you can have a cascade of issues that come out of that. So the Big Ten set in place cardiac protocol where we would do uh, an echocardiogram, an EKG, a blood pool troponin, which... Um, to simply explain that is just a marker in your blood that can predict heart inflammation and then uh, a cardiac MRI to just get a full scope and picture of the heart so that we would know for sure if someone did or didn't have an issue so that we could safely return them back to sport. And that created an issue within self. We got a competition in this weekend or next weekend. And we had a backlog of, I think, 60 people that needed to get cardiac tested at one point. But all those physicians I had mentioned before and our, and our athletic training staff and the, the staff at Robert Wood Johnson, um, I know Diana Toto and um, Mustafa, th those people over there, they were incredible. They helped us get everybody in and through and as quick as possible. And we were able to prioritize things so that, you know, if a wrestler needed to get tested and someone that was out of season needed to get tested, we could kind of prioritize that a little bit better. 
So I think it worked out really great. So, I mean, that was our biggest hurdle was the cardiac testing. And I know our wrestling staff struggled with that. They were with, we had guys that would get COVID and they would have never have a symptom. And they understood that we had to go through this stuff, but I think it was just a struggle on the surface. You're looking at it. You're like, this kid feels fine. He never had a symptom. And now he has to go through all this testing and be able to be clear for support. And they never gave me or our physicians a hard time about that. But I could feel the frustration, and I felt frustrated too. It was it was, a t- it was a tough time with that stuff, but we had to follow the protocols if we wanted to compete, and we did that. We did everything necessary so that we could compete, and we got through it. So I mean, something like uh, you know, without saying a name, someone got kind of with the cardiac testing on our team got <sighs> the situation just stunk with the timing when they got COVID and the protocol set in place with having to be 17 days before you could get your cardiac testing and ended up missing the, the end of the postseason. And that was, that was horrible for him and everybody felt terrible, but without that protocol in place, we would have never even been in a position for him to have even gotten to the postseason. So it stunk and it was what it was. And I think he's going to become stronger because of that. And there's just another piece of adversity that's going to push him to be stronger. So there were some aspects that sucked, but we got through it. Absolutely. And part of that protocol was the the amount of testing that went into it. Yeah. I believe these guys tested every day in, in some capacity and, and tested before events. How do they handle that kind of added responsibility of obviously they, you know, they're still doing classwork, you're still training as a student athlete. And then you have this other factor of, of testing and making the right decisions off the mat to, to make sure you're able to compete. Our guys did an incredible job for the most part. I would say 99% of them just were never late. They made every daily testing. They did everything they could because they wanted to be here. They wanted to wrestle and they wanted to, they just wanted to live as normally as they could during this time. And the most normal way to do it was to test every single day. And that way we could be just be safer when we, if we would have a case, we could isolate it quicker. We could uh, have easier time with contact tracing. We could limit a large group of guys being knocked out of a competition if someone tested positive through doing that. And they they were frustrated, of course, and but they bought it. They 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 kind of just jumped right into it. They were like, if this is what we're going to have to do to wrestle, then we're going to do it because we're wrestling. Um, and that along that, I mean, our nursing staff was great. They were, they were awesome. They I'm, I think you interacted with them some, too. They did a great job of making these guys feel comfortable and they were really friendly. And, and uh it's funny that you wouldn't think during a global pandemic it would be so like jovial and everyone's laughing and we're getting things shoved up our nose every day to see if we have right. potentially deadly disease. But we just kind of rolled with the punches the whole time and we got through it. So daily testing yeah. was it was rough because they had to be there every morning at eight o'clock in the morning. And then, you know, you're then you're kind of had this anxiety like, oh, my God, am I gonna be positive? Am I going to miss three months or three weeks of the season? And but, yeah, they hammered through. Those guys are great. Yeah. And from a. Uh... A lot of the uh, athletic department, they also had to partake in this this daily testing. And, and you're right. It was kind of like, you know, we're testing against this this disease, but it became routine almost. You know, you had a set time to go and, and get tested. And we were fortunate enough too, to, to have that testing. A lot of people uh, didn't have access to that, that kind of testing at the time. Yeah. Um, so as we wrap up things here, Tags, uh, I believe you're coming, you're, you're, you're speaking to us from the Athletic Performance Center over yep. on Livingston. Uh, I believe this is year two of you being in there, being the, the home base of Rutgers Wrestling. How has that building made your job easier as an athletic trainer? 
tenfold in every aspect. It's been a thousand times easier because we moved in here. I know it's been incredible for our coaches and our athletes and just the facility is unbelievable from a strength and conditioning standpoint, from the sports medicine standpoint, from a nutrition standpoint, we have a whole nutrition center in here. It's been, it's been amazing to move from college Avenue, which I think everybody that's been a part of Rutgers knows what college Avenue is and how dusty it can be. But to be able to go from that to here was just a huge step. I mean, the modalities that we have available to these guys now to help with injury uh, prevention or treatment. Uh, the hydrotherapy room we have in this athletic training room now is the hydrotherapy room is bigger than my athletic training room was in college. Yeah. So it's been incredible. And the biggest thing was just getting over to this facility and then having the resources of the entire athletic department feeling like they're right behind me. When I was at college, yeah, it was pretty isolated and we're over there by ourselves. And I didn't really get to interact even with you as much or, the other athletic trainers on staff, or I, did, I felt like a lot of people in the athletic department didn't even know who I was because my face just wasn't around as much unless it was match day in the rack. So just being able to be a part, feel like I'm more in the mix of the athletic department was huge. That made me feel a lot more at home and like Rutgers is my home. And then that just made maybe a daily personal thing a little bit easier. And then, like I was saying before, the modalities and the and all the stuff, being able to go over to the rack and see our Bobby, our physical therapist, I can just go over there and bounce ideas off of him with someone with a certain injury. Um, I can go to any of the athletic trainers over in the rack and kind of get them their opinion on something or it's just easier to maybe cross coverage something. Uh, we had the doc's offices right down the hall from our the new athletic training room in the APC, probably 30 feet. So the big difference was I had a guy at Practice College App who would split his eye open, needed sutures, and we were practicing at four o'clock and I have to get him over to the hail by four thirty, and it's just, you know, traffic and he's got to get in the car, he's bleeding. It's, it was just a nightmare. And now, you know, the morning schedule helps a little bit too, but just having a doc right downstairs from the wrestling room is incredible. Like I've, I have either an injury or something that, that I need to be seen really quick or something as simple as sutures. I can just send them downstairs and they're done in 20 minutes. It's a lot easier. And then from an emergency standpoint, you feel a lot safer than being isolated because, you know, now I've got, instead of having one other athletic trainer potentially in the building with me, there's there's three other athletic trainers in this building. And then there's the whole physician's office. So there's a couple of doctors in there at any given day. So if we had some sort of emergency, you've got a, just a group of people that can come help with that. That that just makes everything a little bit more comfortable too. But yeah, it's it's been a game changer for me. I know it's been a game changer for our whole program. And it's it's made my life and at this job so much easier and it made it something that I could be here for the rest of my career now, because I think I have all the resources that I need. Absolutely. For those not familiar with the, what the room looks like now, Tags's uh, training room is located in the wrestling room. So he can see if he's working on one of the guys, he can see directly out to the rest of the practice to make sure that everybody else is uh, doing okay out there. Tags. Thank you so much for joining us. This was a very insightful. It's a different perspectives, maybe a perspective that some people don't think about, but uh, you, you're a vital member of the program and keeping these guys safe. So we, we thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you, Brad. Thanks so much for you, everything you do. It's, I missed you on the road this year, getting to travel so much because we were buddies, but we're back together next year. We're back. I, I hope to be back on the road with you guys uh, starting in, in November. So, Look forward to it. Thanks, Tags. All right. Thanks, Brad. See ya.